So I have, I'm, I'm, I'm rolling through the bracket right now. <laughs> yeah, should we make some sweet 16 picks? Yeah, we can do, we can do that from, from here on out. I got, I literally had one, two, three, four, five, six. I had seven of those 16 teams. <laughs> <laughs> I have one, two, three. No, wait. I have one, two, three, four. Five, six. Six? Uh, oh, six, That's... seven. Oh, damn it. Eight. How many did you did you have? You got eight. I got seven. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I, okay. So go ahead and go through yours. I have Gonzaga. I have Same. Mich- Michigan. Same. Um, I have Florida State. Same. I have uh, Bama. Same. I, I have uh, – I have Baylor. Same. Um, and then I don't I have Syracuse and Houston, and that's it. All right. So I have Arkansas. That's my – I have Syracuse and Houston. I just have Arkansas instead. Nice. Of nice. Tech. Nice. Nice. So there you go. Eight to seven, everybody. Welcome into the Mind of a Coach podcast. Nathan is in the lead right now with eight to seven on the bracket challenge, but we will be going over our Sweet 16 picks shortly. Asa, how are you doing? Episode 29. 29, baby. Close to close to that Steph Curry range with the 30. Um, I'm doing good, man. I'm alive and kicking. How you doing? It's a beautiful day here in Nashville, by the way. Beautiful. Man, man I've been on two walks today. It's been great. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm getting old now that I'm going on walks and stuff. Oh, dude. I am. Oh, man. <laughs> we're getting up there in age dude I re- we are getting up there now i know speaking of getting up there wow i i just want to give a shout out to you and to our listeners um you did some research today you were able to find out that we have eclipsed 2800 yeah we, we got so across all youtube and uh you know other podcast platforms we have 20 literally exactly 2800 total total plays and after our tw- after 28 episodes, and so that literally is smack dab at 100, averaging 100, uh, you know, listens per episode. So thank you to the uh, to the listeners, to to the guests that have come on. Um, yeah, uh, nothing to complain about at all, man. We just appreciate anybody and everybody tuning in um, every single week. So I hope y'all keep rocking with us. For sure, for sure. And whether it's just to listen to us, or, I mean, most likely not to listen to us. Um, just to listen to our guests. Hey, we're appreciative. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, hopefully we can give you more content, really good content as we uh, go forward and improve. So, planning on having some pretty good guests in the upcoming week. So it should be, uh, should be good. For sure. For sure. Asa, you want to get into our sweet 16 picks? Yeah. So you, you just want to, uh, you just want to pick like, you just do the bracket from the sweet 16 and do them that way. Oh, do you want to do it? That yeah, well, I guess well, we gotta at least do Sweet Sixteen on Elite Eight before next episode. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. And are we going? Are we are we going over the exact teams that we got right and wrong, or at least right? No, let's do let's do the whole Sweet Sixteen. So we got uh, right now we got who is it? Gonzaga, USC. Yep. So let's start in the West region. We got Gonzaga, no, no, no. It's Gonzaga, Creighton. Gonzaga, Creighton. Um, okay. I mean, I'm I'm taking Gonzaga. I mean, I had Gonzaga winning it all. I got the Zags. Hang on, let's let's shout out to the double digit seeds. By the way, uh, what oh is four in there in the Sweet Sixteen, and that's the that's certainly the most ever. Um, I think I believe there's four, right? Four double digit seeds in the uh, Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Who we got? Oral Roberts. Uh, yeah. Oral Roberts, UCLA. Syracuse. Hang on, yeah. Oral Roberts, UCLA, Syracuse, and Oregon State. 
Oregon State. So shout out to the and Loyola two. Chicago at nine or eight. Yeah, uh, Loyola Chicago is at eight. Yep, yep, eight. So, um, yeah, man, shout sister, out for sure, Sister Jean, dude. Sister Jean is Ooh. right. She is right with the Lord because they got something going on at Loyola. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Hey, she okay. She has paid her time and her dues. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Let's move down to the next game in the West Region. We got USC Oregon. Um. I can't believe I I, I can't. Pac-12, too, dude. Shout out to the Pac-12. Hey, made uh, me eat my words. I oh mean, my. I said I have no idea about the Pac-12, so I'm assuming they're not very good, and they just don't lose. Yeah, I didn't. I, yeah, every, yeah, nobody thought the Pac-12 was going to do this. Yeah. Um, Kudos to that. I, I mean, I'm going, uh, I'm going USC. They, uh, is it Evan Mobley, the kid that uh, – the, that They got the Mobley twins, or brothers, not twins, but brothers. They're both. Yeah, yeah. One's um, a top five pick, so – I think Evan's the one that's supposed to be a you know top three or five or whatever, right? Yeah, Evan, yeah. that kid, that kid is that kid is good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm going USC. To be honest, I haven't seen Oregon play any games in this tournament, and uh, that has obviously been bad to me in the past. Me not watching somebody and then picking against them. So why not stick with it? It's like uh, you know, keep going for red. So uh, USC, I'm going to take them as well. So we both got. Gonzaga and USC in our Elite Eight in the yep. West. Yep. Um, so let's go there. Uh, all right, let's move down to the East region. We got Michigan and Florida State. Um, that I had them to win. They're still alive. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going Michigan. Mm. Although, man, Had them to win as well. You had Michigan to win? I did. On uh, – I had I thought LSU might have a shot initially, but I changed it to Michigan. I have Michigan losing to Texas, however, in my lead eight. That is a big problem. Um, but Michigan versus Florida State. Dude, I mean, two conferences that have struggled in the tournament, huh? Yeah, yeah, I will. I mean, I, yeah. Well, Syracuse, I guess. What you – I'm going Florida State. I'm going Florida State. Go switch it up a little bit. Go Florida State. Yeah, I'm going to go Florida State. See how that rides. Um, okay. After that game – well, I shouldn't say after that game. I don't know the schedule exactly off the top of my head. But we're going still in the East region. We got UCLA and Bama. I had Bama in the Sweet 16. I did not have UCLA. I had Texas. Um, I'm going Bama. Did you watch that game the other night, Nate? What was that, Monday night? Uh, which game? Uh, the Bama game when Bama hit, like, I don't know, 16 threes. And they just no. – Curb stomped. Uh, who I can't remember who it was. Wow, well, maybe I didn't. Uh, Maryland. Oh, Maryland. My, you didn't see. Oh, that was a great game. No, I didn't watch it. I for Bama, have. not for uh, not for Maryland fans, but for Bama. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I had so I had Michigan and Florida State in my Sweet 16 on the top part of the East. On the bottom part, I had Texas Bama, just as you did. Um, so it's UCLA versus Bama. I'm going Bama. I'm going Bama. So tough. after. After four games, the only difference is you have Michigan and I have Florida State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's move over to the South region uh, where we have Baylor versus Villanova. I, I did. I had Baylor versus Purdue. Uh, what you thinking, Nathan? I also had Baylor versus Purdue. Um, honestly, I totally mixed up my upsets. I had – Winthrop over Villanova and Purdue over North Texas, and that basically flip-flopped. So, uh, 
Man, what about Villanova, man? Um, losing your best player and still making the Sweet 16. I mean, shout out to Coach Jay Wright. Everybody said they were done. Everybody said they were done. I know. I know. But unfortunately, I think after this game, they will be. Baylor, dude, I, I, I just – since the beginning of the year, everyone talked about two teams being the best teams in college basketball, that being Gonzaga and Baylor. Yeah. For whatever reason, I thought I was smarter. Oh, no, someone else is going to make it. I had Ohio State. Um in the finals against Gonzaga. Dude, Baylor, they're playing good basketball. I'm going Baylor over Villanova. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going Baylor too. I'm going Baylor too. I'm not going to I'm not going to switch that up a lot. Um okay, after that, uh let's go to staying in this well, staying in the South region, we have Arkansas and Oral Roberts. Shout out to the 15 seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to go Arkansas. I've got Arkansas to this point. Um, I thought they were going to have a tough matchup against Ohio State. Um, dude, Oral Roberts scores a lot of points. I don't think they're going to outscore Arkansas. I'm going to go Arkansas. Awesome. Yeah. Must, baby. Mm-hmm. Dude, I love that guy. Yeah, he's an awesome dude. Awesome. Not that I know him or anything, but he seems like it. <laughs> no, I hear you. All right, going All down right. to the Midwest, who did you have coming out of that region? Coming out of that one, I had Illinois and your Vols. I don't know why I had them there. No idea what I was thinking. Um, Oof. But we got – what we got? Loyola, Chicago. Well, who'd you have right there? Who'd you have in that in that matchup? I had Illinois versus Oklahoma State. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think the Vols were going to be able to get it done, especially finding out before game one. Fulkerson was not going to play. I don't think he was going to shoot it better from three for us. But uh, – Man, they just couldn't score from the outside. But, I mean, it happens. March, anything can happen. So, mm-hmm. Oregon State, I mean, look at them right now. They're playing good basketball. Dude, I'm going – I mean, at this point, I'm going Oregon State. Really? Yep, yep, yep. Yep, All right. I'm going Oregon State. All right, well, we're going to differ again. I'm going Loyola. Oh. That's what, going that gummit, that's what I meant to say. That gummit, Nate. That's what I'm – oh, my my head. I meant to – all right. I'm changing. I'm changing. You gave me a mulligan last time. I, I, I trust you. I trust I, you. I'm going Loyola. I'm going Loyola. All right. I, I mean, I can't bet against Sister Jean, you know. Yeah. Well, hey, what's – golly, what's the big white dude's name that uh, that was that, that got his hands in every single – every time guard came off a ball screen, he was doing like a soft hedge. Oh, my goodness. That guy. It's the bigger, not-as-good-looking Rob Marbury. <laughs> Shout out, Rob. Uh, yeah, all right. Um, who do you got? Uh, who I did have, you have in the Sweet 16 uh, in the bottom side of the Midwest? Nathan, this was actually the one Sweet 16 matchup that I had right. I had Syracuse and Houston. I also had Syracuse and Houston. Who did you have winning it? I had Houston winning it, so I'm going to stick with Houston. I had Houston winning it. They're not going to win this game. I believe in the Qs. Really? Buddy Bayheim, Buddy Buckets, whatever you want to call him, he is rolling. And, you know, I don't see that stopping right now. Um, Houston, I believe it was their best player. He's been playing with that hurt hip. Mm-hmm. Um, he told us all he was a savage. Um, I believe him 100%. <laughs> but, man, I'm sure it's really bothering him today after that adrenaline wore off. Um, I just think that Qs are playing good basketball. They're shooting it well. This is March. Let that 11 seed ride on. I, I, I like where your head's at. I like, I'm not mad at that Q's, uh, that Q's pick at all. 
But I have Houston in my final four, so this is a total withdrawal from what I thought was going to happen. But okay, either way is a win, I guess, for me. <laughs> so we have in the West the Elite Eight. I got Gonzaga, USC. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going Gonzaga. Oh, I, dude, I like USC though, man. Up to you. I'm going Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean, I'm going Gonzaga. But I do really like – I do like USC a lot. I'm going yeah. Gonzaga to make yeah, it. Yeah, I believe you. Not thinking too hard about this one. I'm going Gonzaga. Yep. I don't – they're just a heck of a team. They're mm-hmm. rolling. They've been rolling all season. Don't re- No reason for me to count them out now. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move down, all right, to the east. You got Michigan versus Bama. Who you got? I'm going uh, – I'm going Michigan. Michigan. Yep. All right. And I have Florida State versus Bama. Dude, if Bama can somehow – I'm going Bama. You're going – okay, good. Some, one of us needs to go Bama. I had Texas coming out. Now I have Bama. It's like a 2008 national championship in football right now. <laughs> What's going on? But, uh, all right, I got, I got Bama. I got Bama in mind from there. From there, let's move over back up to the south. You have Baylor versus Arkansas. Who you got winning that? Um, I'm going Baylor. I'm going Baylor. Unfortunately, I mean, my boy Jalen Tate, uh, I don't see it. Uh-oh. What? if our power just went out or what just happened? We'll figure this out in a second, but the show must continue. Uh, I'm going Baylor over Arkansas. Going Baylor over Arkansas. So we only have one discrepancy right now. That is mm-hmm. Bama being in the elite. I mean, in the final four i suppose mm-hmm. all right who you got in this midwest um so i got uh loyola in houston i am going um i'm going loyola they're probably not going to play houston i feel like your Q's pick is going to be right so they're probably going to end up playing syracuse but if they end up playing houston i think i'm going loyola dude i think even if they play the Q's, loyola's winning so i got loyal as well how many final four teams do you still have alive that you originally picked two two okay all right me too gonzaga and houston all right but you're picking loyola to go to the final four right i am i am gotcha i'm not even now i'm not even picking houston to be in my elite eight so yeah 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 well oh man what well, there a, you go there you go ace what a bracket what a year Telling you, dude, it's the closest thing to perfect that man has ever made. It never fails. It literally never fails. No. Thank goodness that we actually got to have it this year. Mm-hmm. Live from the office. Man, I left this computer. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dog? How you doing? I'm doing good. I wish I could do it at the crib, but sh- and you don't know no passwords no more. <laughs> <laughs> did you, you weren't at home and then had to come back, did you? Oh, for real? Yeah, I only stay, you know, eight minutes. What? Uh, how y'all been? How you been doing? Shit, we just had a. Uh, oh first. yeah. Well, other than other than that, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, did, but, y'all, did, you know, did y'all see that coming? I didn't see it coming. I thought we had another year. Um, yeah. But this was in process. It didn't all happen today. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, it ain't as bad today. And it's like, people, yeah, all right, you're good. Like, I mean, it happened, you know, 40 hours ago. Yeah. Today became official. Yeah, yeah. So, it's um, 
All right, okay, let's get into it real quick. We got Eastern Kentucky assistant men's basketball coach Mike Allen. Um, Mike went to a you went to a couple JUCOs. You went to one in Florida, correct? And then in the, you went to one in Kansas. Is that Cloud Community College? Cloud it is, man. Cloud it is. Cloud Community College on to Ohio University. Shout out to y'all. Made an NCAA tournament this year. Uh, got a nice win. I'm sure that made you proud. Um, okay. From there, you uh, after that, you went on to play professionally in, was it Germany? Yep. Germany. Second cool. league. From, from Germany, you went on, was it, it Mercyhurst? Yeah, man. I mean... You got to do your homework. I know, well, I, I was trying. I was doing it before. I, I have not heard of Mer – where is Mercyhurst? It's in Erie, Pennsylvania. They just went – they just lost in the second round of the tournament. Yeah, constant division two. That's an NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah, okay. they're, they're a really good team. All right, yeah. well, then that's – I guess I do, I do need to do some more homework. That's my bad. Uh, after Mercyhurst, you, you, you go to Hargrave. Um, seems to be a common theme. That's where I met you, right, there for two years. Um, mm -hmm. After Hargrave, you went to uh, Bryant, right? Located Bryant. in the – Brian as the director of basketball operations, then assistant coach, and then on to Eastern Kentucky, I guess, in 2018, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was that, most of that was from memory, by the way. I just didn't know Mercyhurst, so I did do a little bit of homework. Oh, well, good, well, good job. But, yeah, you know, I follow that program still. Yeah. He's doing well, and the same coach is there. So, you know, he's a good guy. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. On the, uh, show. How you doing, man? What's going on? What's new? I'm 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 doing good, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Uh, I don't know, man. Just the, you know the transfer portal at the collegiate level, you know, it impacted us today. Had one so, of our leading scores, you know, hit it today. Where did what? Where do y'all go from here? Losing a uh, losing a guy like that, freshman of the year, uh, to the transfer portal. Where where do you go from here? You know, it's hard to replace a. You know, he wasn't freshman of the year in our eyes. He was. He was Kyle Macy All American, College Insider All American, um, first teamer as a freshman. It's hard to replace that talent, especially at this level. But we got to reload, you know. At our goal was to sign a backup point guard with him being your starter. So now we got to sign two point guards. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. But you know, we're not the only team that's experiencing this. Um, that's kind of what college basketball is today. Well, yeah, I guess Johnny Broom was freshman of the year one. I'm an idiot. I am just not on my game. But right, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like you're in the same you're in the same league. But yeah, Broom got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so should have got. It. Yeah, yeah. No, yo, he was he was killing this year. Um, so all right, transfer portal is at you know almost we're almost at a thousand already, right? Only at like a thousand almost. Yeah, it's somewhere insane, and it's 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 never been this high at this rate. Yeah, and I think with COVID, some people be more secure and try to maintain their scholarships, but it's almost like a new wave where people just like, hey, I'm jumping in the portal. I'm jumping in the portal. I want to be re-recruited. You know, it's it's it's, it's it, it's like it's almost like it's the cool thing to to do now. Yeah. To tell your friends, you get back on social media now. You know, everybody's paying. You know, like you said, they're paying attention to you and getting re-recruited. It's the whole process all over again. Is that is that the only thing that goes? What else goes into why why is it like that right now? Is it just because of COVID? I know in the past few years, it's like it's you know the numbers have gone up anyway. But it, I feel like COVID has something to do with it too. But what what else is going into it? Um, I, I think the, the the transfer rule that's about to should be passed. April 15th, the uh, NCAA will be meeting, and we anticipate a one-time transfer uh, so kids will be immediately eligible right away. It doesn't mm -hmm. apply if you transfer for a second time. That's just the normal transfer rules. But mm -hmm. um, ultimately, man, I think it's an instant gratification. What we don't get to do, and the thing I like about this rule, most coaches won't say, 
is that you become immediately eligible right away. Because once you go in there, you get to put somebody leave Tennessee State, one of your guys, for example, and they get to put a Final Four, Arkansas, mm -hmm. uh, Texas Tech. And it looks great. And, and, and that's what the media is about. And that's why all the kids like retweet, favorite, like, comment, bro, you tough and all that. But you don't get to see what's after that. You yeah. don't, he sit out, then he go back and he got a way smaller role, not playing. So now it's, it's like, it's right away. Hey, you make that bad decision. Hey, where's the kid, one kid at? What is he doing? Oh, he's not playing as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Some, of the, some of the statistics, I mean, mo most guys, when they transfer, their numbers don't go up like that. It's, uh, Jeff Goodman did a report last year, and I'm not sure if you guys got a chance to see it, and it was awesome. And it was about – it had 50 transfers from the mid-major who went up. 6% had the same type role. Mm -hmm. You know, like 17% like didn't even shoot more than 10 times. And most of these kids, when they're transferring from these mid-major programs, they're shooting 17, 18 times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's like, I, you know, at the end of the day, I understand both ends of the spectrum. When you look at the college coaching, if a coach is offered a significant better job with a higher paying ability, where they leave, then they go. The kids are, in their eyes, looking, even though it's not a job, they're looking at, hey, we got a bigger opportunity. So mm -hmm. when is enough enough? We do have coaches that stay and some players that stay. So mm -hmm. it's kind of looking at the lens the same way um, through players and coaches. Yeah. Is, is the transfer, is this many transfer portals, is it hurting high school kids' chances to get a scholarship? I mean, it's got to be, right? Just off the sheer numbers of transfers that are going on. Is it hurting high school kids, do you think? They're like What's maybe their opportunities and roster spots. Who are those players? Huh? I mean, they don't. You haven't seen one high school offer go out right now. Yeah. It don't like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like it, it, it's just like let's swap players. The the high majors who did a poor job evaluating and the kid go to a lower program, do well. Hey, you prove you worthy. Come up here. Mm -hmm. The high majors who signed the kid and he's a bust, you know, or just doesn't fit that role that system. Hey, you need to go somewhere else. So. The high school method, I feel bad for these kids, these seniors coming out, and it's always going to be a constant. It's going to be room as people graduate. But, like, this year, coming out as a senior, man, you need to go prep. Um, I was, that's what I was going to ask you next. Yeah, like, what, so what does a high school kid need to do in order to ensure the best chance that they get an opportunity somewhere? Commit immediately. If they have an offer, commit immediately. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you got to take it because it's portal going day by day. And even if they want to commit, it's going to be a delayed process because, hey, can we see if we can get better? Just like players want better, coaches want better. Mm -hmm. So if they have something on the table that they feel good with and they're trying to wait for better, they probably should take it. It's a good opportunity. But mm -hmm. prep school is going to be loaded in junior college. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But some qualifiers still going to go for the immediate exposure because the recruiting circuit will be wide back open. Mm-hmm. How you many know, so. years do you think it'll get back? Like, how many years do you think it'll take for it to get back to normal? on this whole because i mean colleges are going to be flooded with players for a little bit yeah um i think the division two i think all levels will just be a little more competitive like it have mm -hmm. to fade out because at the end of the day like right now the kids who do not who don't transfer because every institution have the right so for us we have 13 scholarships right mm -hmm. and if all of our guys or seniors chose to come back our institution is allowing us to have them as ghosts so they can come back, not affect our scholarship money. We essentially would have 15 scholarship players just for that one year. Sure. So the players, they can stay at the institutions, but unfortunately, they're transforming and going to other places trying to take other roles. Mm -hmm. So I think over the next, you know I mean? I'll say three years, four years, it's going to be an overflow of players. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they'll graduate some ago. We had a player in our league who was player of the year back-to-back, -back, Terry Taylor, 
said, hey, I'm done with college, man. I'm going to try to make the NBA. He's not going overseas. Mm-hmm. He's a agent. So, yeah. you, know, you know, some at the higher level, some people will say, hey, I can come back another year. I'm going to go play pro. Mm-hmm. Some people going to hang it up, you know. But, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm at the Division II level, and I definitely think it'll make the Division II level more competitive. I've already seen some of the schools in our league get transfers from Division I schools. So they're just the kids that want to play. And, I mean, you see that happening, and obviously it's going to get more competitive. A hundred percent. We had to wheel one of our guys back in. They was accepting to go down to Division Two, And it wasn't just about him. You know, like he has a good – they want bigger roles. And sure. people who haven't been in Division Two, Nathan, they think it's, uh, you know, like, hey, you come from Division One, like nobody, like you're not about to go down there and just be that dude. Like, no, great Division Two can compete at the Division One level. If one team have shown it was Bellarmine making a transition this year today, son. My goodness, what? Yes. A- yeah, and yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know how much you've kept up with Division Two this year, but or the past like five years, really. I mean, obviously you were at Mercyhurst, but Northwest Missouri has had that thing rolling for a little bit now. I had a friend from They are a mid-major team. Yeah, my friend from Detroit graduated. It was several years ago. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm young, but I'm kind of older. But he went, uh, he went there. Then I got a friend who coached at St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, and they be loaded every year. So I followed a Division II tournament. Gosh, I thought they were going to win. Man, I, I was surprised when they lost that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you Damon, know, right? Yeah, yeah. And they do, they do a great job over there. Okay, talk to us about JUCO and playing in JUCO and kind of, uh, you know, just the, the atmosphere, the experience that, the, that is JUCO, junior college. Talk to us about that. It's similar. So the one thing I'll say for JUCO, I think you get the, the, the bad rep. Um, similar to prep school, like as Asa went to Hargrave, they'll think it's a boarding school for all, like just the bad kids. Like it's more to that. Um, some junior colleges go there because they didn't qualify with grades. You know, they didn't have, especially for me, being an inner city Detroit kid, not having um, the 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 coach and the awareness to like, hey, you need to get these grades, you need to do this, you know. So it still be good guys in JUCO, but it's a doggies dog world because when you go there, whether qualify or not, that means you wasted, you used a year. I'm going to use the term wasted. You used a year playing college basketball of your four at another institution. So the evaluation process is different. When you graduate mm-hmm. as a sophomore, you transfer as a sophomore. You have to be an immediate impact on the, co- on the college coaching and the way they evaluate you because you only got two years to give to that program. So just the output and the competitiveness is awesome. I think Florida, Texas, and uh, Kansas is some of the best JUCOs in the country. Um, Jay Scrub was fortunate enough to make it to the NBA through yeah. Illinois. Yeah, which, that's that's a that, – I don't know when the last time that happened, but I can't imagine it's happened a, a lot, uh, you know, a JUCO kid get drafted. Yeah, I mean, it, it was insane how, just how that happened because the other player I heard before was Ben Wallace probably. He can and go. I, that Jay Scrub, Jay Scrub can go. No, he can He can play. He can play. And some guys are better. And, and what we don't really understand until you get out of the college game, some people are better pros than they are college players. Right. You know, that's just the fact of the matter. Um, but, it's it, you know, I love Juco basketball. It's very competitive. Um, you know, it's it, – it's high-level basketball, man. It's a lot of – you look at Kansas, you look at so many programs, Florida State, people are taking junior college kids, mm-hmm. and some people wasn't aware of it in the past. Well, when you look at that roster, you'll see JUCO, JUCO, you know, just transfers. It's the same as now, you know, we are JUCOs. Yeah. Mid-majors are JUCOs now. Yeah, right, right. Have y'all seen the uh, the Last Chance U basketball? 
I haven't started yet. I heard great things about it. But tell you, I mean, you seen it, Nate? I've seen an episode. Yeah. It's, I haven't, uh, I've I've gotten seen, into it, into it. I've, I've seen two of them or one and a half or something like that. It's pretty good. It's, it's really good. Really yeah, good. And it's it's the basketball world is more bought, you know, because I was watching it for football. So it wasn't yeah. like some people first time here about Land Chance U. Now it's basketball. They're like, oh, man, this is no. Right. That show, wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's wild. Uh-huh. Um, how was your time at Ohio? Uh, hang on. How did – so you went to two JUCO – oh, go, Nate. No, go ahead. Talk, ask about the second JUCO. <laughs> so at my first junior college that I went to, Daytona Beach in uh, Florida, uh-huh. um, the coach was Brad Underwood, the current coach at Illinois right now. That so, was your JUCO coach? Yeah. Wow. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, all right, so talk to us about Brad Underwood real quick. Can you give, give us some – what was he to, What was he like to play for? Yeah, he's a motherfucker, man. <laughs> What you see is like, like that's you know Underwood's high intense. Yeah. Um, he's a great coach. I mean, he know his schemes. He changed some his spread offense, which he was running at Stephen F. Austin, Oklahoma State. He adjusted a little bit, but he's a great coach. Yeah. Um, the guy that was his assistant at the time, uh, he had a different venture. He got him as a special assistant at Illinois right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Jeff Alexander, but the coach is good, man. You know what I mean? He's very intense. Throw a chair. Doesn't like verbally abuse you, but yeah. Um, he's sharp at his at his craft, mm-hmm. you know, and that's part of the reason that I ended up transferring because that's the time we were probably I don't know if I forgot the record we were ranked all year probably like twenty six and six or something. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the year, he decided that one of our players was going to Kansas State with Frank Martin, mm-hmm. and he was going to Kansas State to be assistant. Before it was announced, I I transitioned into that program. They probably signed me as a backup. Mm-hmm. because it was a loaded team. I ended up, you know, working my tail off. I shifted the, the, the point guard to the two, the two to the three. I ended up starting. End of the year, called me in the office and said, hey, man, I'm going to Kansas State. Nobody know. A roommate of mine is a coach out there. It's another good juco. You know, I want to take care of you. You know, have you close by to watch you. He said, I get you the scholarship. He calls his guy. He tell him, hey, this is your starting point guard. I don't care who you got. Trust mm-hmm. me, this is your starting point guard. And then – I go to cloud. I didn't even visit. I just said, all right, wow. man, you know, I sat with some of the players. We try to see what's coming back. When them coaches change it, it's a lot of vulnerability. Like, hey, you, you only got two years to do it. We like, <laughs> hey, could it be enough guy come in? Some of the better players who played with me, I was a starter. Then you see, like, you know, this other guy, he can be really good. He thinking about leaving. I'm like, I'm not about to stay here and risk my career on a ship that's blown, you know, for a new guy. So I just got out of there. I accepted a scholarship in Kansas, went out there, started. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, a little bit about your transition from JUCO to Division One. What did that look like? The the be honest with you, my career, um, I was never the best player. I never played the NCAA tournament, but what I did was I found a way to you, play on the floor. You, you led the Mac. You led the Mac in assists your senior year. That's so essentially coming out of high school. I'm getting like twenty some a game. I go to Daytona Beach where it's like all Americans. I'm just trying to fight for the floor. So then mm. Mm, I'm a great defender. So my Underwood's a big time defender. Then I, we didn't accept it. The only, only time it was acceptable to catch a ball on the wing if there were two screens. If it was one screen, you can window a chase, you do whatever you want, but we just got to get to a denial. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I found that niche. It's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to be a defender. I, like, I just got to play. And I was a lockdown defender. Went to Kansas, you know, scored a little more, but not nothing crazy. And that's how I shifted. And then mm. as I transitioned Ohio, Tim O'Shea. You know, he's closer to the end of his term at Ohio University. And um, 
he's from the Brad, uh, I mean, from the Al Skinner tree. So he's running flat okay. pairs. He's running all these same sets, the same identical names Al Skinner called them. Yeah. We scrimmaged Boston College when they had Glenn Rice or Tyrese Rice, the left-hand pro. Mm -hmm. We scrimmaged and we got the same plays. It's the same name. You know, <laughs> it was insane. So that transition, it was good. I chose there because they had two all-conference bigs. I said, you don't got a point guard. You know, this is a no-brainer. Hey, I'll come here and it's closer to home. You know, I've been in Florida and Kansas. You know, you're a couple hours away. And guess what happened there? So I go from Underwood to his roommate. Then I go to Ohio University, which was Tim O'Shea, who won the Mac his early years. And he said, hey, we got a new AD. I, I'm going to sign like an eight-year, I think it was a six-year deal at Bryant in Rhode Island, take them through a provisional Division II, Division I. So then we get, guess who we get? We get John Gross. And John Gross was the coach that got fired at Illinois that Underwood replaced. Mm -hmm. So the irony to that was like I played for both of the Jovers for the last two coaches of Illinois. Yeah. And then, wow. then, you know, with Gross, I was back to trying to pick up the score after I've been so locked in on defense and passing, you know. Mm -hmm. So he ran like the Phoenix Sun system and it was more of tempo. And I loved that offense. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, I wish I could have played for that longer and his free flowing. And I mean, it, you know, it's just been a crazy ride for me as far as coaches. And that's what my philosophy is. So, you know, I still a lot because I played for, you know, some good coaches, I would say. Yeah, I would, I would say so too. <laughs> but before we get to your, well, tell us about overseas. Tell us about, uh, would you play one year overseas? I played one year overseas. My brother played for Leonard Hamilton at Florida State. Okay. And uh, he played, he, he was a junior college All-American. And he transferred in, and he played probably like seven, eight years. And being a part of his lifestyle, as I was a pro, I hit some politics on the business side um, where there's a relationship with the player and the coach came here and they were buddies. So I would just, you know, go in and do my thing, work hard. And then um, I start, I could have went back and, you know, find another deal. But I start seeing my brother's lifestyle, not a negative limelight, right. but like, hey, man, you know, it was times where, you know, he was making really good money, you know. And it was just coming home, blowing it, kicking yeah. it, hanging out, bought a house, bought a car, but still, like, you know, it, you spend so much time overseas that people really look at the, the positive, which is awesome. But that's why people die to be in a G League because it's a different – you got to go experience a different culture. When you go over there, you, you're an adult. Like, I was given an apartment, I was given a car, and I was told what time practice was. And I, like – one, I couldn't drive a stick shift, so I had to get them to switch my car out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then you're in an apartment, you just got a computer all day. Like, yeah. I know what their life is like. So my friends overseas, like, I know what the grind is like. You basically, you isolate it in a foreign country where you're not comfortable with the language, unless it's a place you're going back over and over, you know. Like, I got friends in Japan, you know, just, you know, you're just in, you're basically in your room. You mm -hmm. go to work, go to practice, and then you come back. You're fortunate if you go to the Spain, the other places, beautiful. You can hang out a little bit. But for the most part, it's a grind just being confined to that space. Then you come in back to the States for three months. Then you go back. You come back for three months. So you really live life in three months. Mm -hmm. So seeing my brother go crazy in three months, you know, you're trying to go to Cabo's. You're trying to go out every day. You know, you know like you're just living like a rock star. Yeah. You, could just, you, you know, you save so much money. But you're trying to live, you're trying to fulfill life in three months before you go back. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. It's an insane cycle, you know? Yeah. So you do transition from obviously being professional 
to coaching. What was the toughest part about transit that transition for you? Uh, the toughest part, um, I'm, I listen to Nipsey. I don't know if y'all listen to Nipsey. Yeah. So uh, one thing Nipsey said in one of his interviews before he passed, he said, I'm not going to act like uh, I got it all figured out. The best thing I ever did was not give up or quit on my dreams. I just kept, I just kept going in. He said, I went through every emotion there was. I thought about quitting. I thought about giving up. So for me, when I was done with my GA at Mercyhurst, I was offered a four-time Division II position. I declined it and didn't have any other job opportunity. Like, I, because of my experience there, the dude is great. He's awesome, but he's very tough to work for. And I was willing to not pursue my coaching career if I had to take that full-time job with him. Okay. So at that time, I just said, hey, you know, if it's meant for me, it's going to be. You know, and then it, it, it happened to work out. You know, I got, I got the opportunity to go coach at Hargrave. But um, I just wasn't – I mean, I think willing to, like, I don't know. I, it's not give up. It's just choosing what you're willing to accept in life. And not, one of the things I chose was to not work for him at that time. And now, granted, did I try to help him as a coach? Yeah, he's a good dude. It's just at that time and that age, I wasn't willing to work with the way he worked. So you, so you, you knew at that age that like uh, you were aware at least of kind of like, I don't know, work-life balance or the kind of guys that you needed to be around, coaches you needed to be around in order to get to where you needed to go? A hundred percent. My ultimate goal, I told him at the time, was to be division, you know, work at division one level. And the way he did things was like, you know, with, the, with a limited budget division two, he was the primary guy to go and recruit. I said, I can't get, I can't meet no network. I can't increase my network like that. I can help build your program though. And then that's what you got to decide where, how much are you going to build somebody else's dream before you build yours? Right. right. So I, I, as a graduate assistant, I signed uh, like low major division one guys to this program. I got Ohio University transferred to this program. Mm -hmm. So like I was recruiting at a high level early on. And that's why he offered me the job. But the work-life balance, being a single guy, not having a family, I have a girl, girlfriend and brought up, like it just didn't work. And, you know, and that's the same thing moving forward. It's, you know, I, I love the job, love the profession, but at some point, my goal is that I gotta have balance. Mm -hmm. And if I can't get balance, it's not for me. That's a that's a scary thing to turn to turn down an opportunity like that at, at that age and at that time. What? How long? So you said the Hargrave thing came after. How long after? Or how long in between you you turning that down to the Hargrave thing? How long did that like? Yeah, what was that gap like? Uh, I I don't know what the gap was because it was behind closed doors. Somebody knew what I was turning down and the offer because it it don't stop until the year is over. I, I'll give it about a month. But, Yes, you didn't know you didn't know that the Hargrave thing was coming when you turned that down, right? Like you had no idea. No idea. No idea. No idea. That's tough. How'd the Hargrave thing start? How did that uh, how did that transpire with AW? So the the I'm, I'm it's crazy my story. So Chris Holman. That's, that's why we're talking. We want to hear it. <laughs> Chris Holman at uh, Ohio State, the head coach there. Yeah, he was my assistant coach at uh, Ohio for growth. My goodness. Okay. So Holtman knew the coach at Hargrave. And I talked to Holtman like, man, you know, I don't have a job. I'm not taking this job. I want to work the division one level. All right, let me make a call. Working out, he called him. I do a job interview and it happened to work out later down the line. So Holtman helped me out there. You so know? even though even though you wanted a D1 job, why'd you take the Hargrave job? Be because I what I did 
was I contacted because I played for so many coaches. Yeah. I one, I contacted all of my network and asked them what's best for me to get to division one level. Is it just prep school taking this division two, which if they said that, then I'm just screwed, you know, because that's not I'm not doing that. Or, you know, what could I do? And with the prestige that Hargrave had of players, one, what I didn't understand is me going there for them benefits them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, hey, you probably should go to Hargrave. But two, it was the most prestigious thing I had at the time. And I didn't know about Hargrave. You know what I'm saying? I'm from Michigan. So you talking about something down in Virginia and Chatham. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know nothing about Hargrave. We had Jordan Crawford from Michigan, from Detroit, go there. But I still didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, until I got there. One of my teammates at Ohio University, who I just went to the uh, Sweet 16 game with, he went to Hargrave. When I went there, he's like, oh, I said, oh, your name on the wall. He said, yeah, I went there. I said, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. You know? So it was, I mean, I think for me, that was the scariest because that's the first major transition that could have stopped my career mm-hmm. or which in turn ended up helping it. I, I think you, you pointed this out one time when we were there, and I probably have said it on the podcast before, but that not only is it kind of like a, a stepping stone for players, but it, it is for coaches as well. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I wouldn't do it any other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and everybody think their path is perfect. I think where I started at, having Division Two, getting a chance to recruit from day one of my first college and scouting from day one helped build my foundation. Then going there, I look at, hey, that's what a high major player looked like. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's what a mid-major player looked like. Oh, okay, that's a low major. Probably D2. Oh, no, he could be a, you know, a D2 plus. Or he can, you know, so you start evaluating because you'd be on a circuit. And, it's, of course, everybody, when I see Anthony Edwards, before he doing what he doing the NBA, when he was a sophomore, I said, he's a pro. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the dude in Michigan, I forgot, man, Bates or whatever, like, he's oh, a yeah. pro. Money. Yeah. I seen him as a freshman. He's a pro. So you get to – it helps you assess talent. And more importantly, was one of my gifts, Ace, is like building relationships with various backgrounds. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in one place, you attract certain type – kids mm-hmm. but when you go there it's like hey everybody's coming from everywhere and you know how do you interact with that in that setting you know i didn't know you i didn't know you played for so many you got some crazy coaching stories dude i haven't uh i mean one of the best one of, one of my best ones all the time it's not you know i want to throw my guy under the bus but it was a great one we he had one, one of the coaches i'll remain confidential one of the coaches we in practice. <laughs> one of the one of the players is like making mistakes. He goes to the trainer, getting him off the floor, take him to the pool, drown his ass, keep him in the pool until he can't swim. I do not want to see him today, tomorrow, ever. <laughs> like I mean, like it, it, like some of the stuff the coach used to say. Like you know, nowadays the climate has changed. Everybody has evolved. You know, but mm-hmm. but just back then. I mean, it was a doggy's dog world, man, what, what coaches could say and get away with. <laughs> My dad's coach in high school, he was crazy. They used to throw, like, I mean, he, he would throw soft, not, like, literally directly at them, but in their – he'd throw lighters. He'd throw, uh, he'd throw softballs in their directions. One of the last things my dad – that he said, like, you know, I guess he, he got a new job. Um, one of the last things he said, like, I guess in his – you know, when he was leaving, he was talking to everybody. This is how bad the, the coach was. He was like – some of you in here are lower than whale manure, and that's at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> that's who my dad played for in high school. Like, what a ridiculous oh. thing to say. Man, we high school kids. We just trying to get it figured out. The sky's the – I right. mean – Right, right. 
Um, yes. Man, hey, all right. So how, how's Division One been uh, as, as a full-time assistant Division One coach? What's, what's that been like? How's it been working with AW and at EKU? How, how's that been? I think it's been great. You know, I, you know, I still got to always give credit to Tim O'Shea for giving my first shot. I think without him giving me a shot at Brian, going through the different phases, being operations and being assistant, um, I couldn't do it without him. But working for coach, it's, you know, like even when I left, we always had maintained a relationship. So it's more like it's work, but you're also working with a friend. You know, when you're good at your craft and you're good at your job, which is he is, I know the system prior to coming here. So I get to teach it just like he would teach it. So it's been fun. It's been a hell of a ride. Um, we increased our wins every year as far as uh, OVC wins. When we first took over, we didn't even make the tournament. Last year, we finished fourth. This year, we finished third. Did we have enough talent to do it? Yes. You know, so like, yeah, we lost one of our good players, and we've been fortunate. Coach, has we won 20 games this year. So he's in the process of getting another contract extension. The state of Kentucky only can do four. So two years back-to-back, we added a year on a contract. Mm-hmm. The community is proud. He's a, you know, lovable guy. Um, you know. I mean, it's just been fun. It's been a great ride. I haven't had a bad experience here, um, per se, at the Division One level with anything except with the kid transferring um, and just how to constantly have to build this roster. But it's been fun seeing what we've been doing and the fruitions of our labor. Um, you know, just from last – like Kurt Lewis is just a, a kid, for example, in our starting lineup. When the rules came through, we couldn't see him until, like, midnight. And me and coaches there at midnight. You know, and, and then we get the kid, and he's starting. He had an awesome freshman year. So, you know, it's we've been building this thing from ground up, and now we got to transition to the son. Nate, they got this kid uh, named Kurt Lewis, who reminds me of Rajon Tucker so much. Kids like what, six, yeah, just freak athlete, so, big, solid dude. Kurt Lewis is good, man. He, 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 yeah, he's a freshman too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a freshman. We had him last year. Had to sit out for academic reasons, but. Um, it's been, you know, it's been fun, man, especially then you got Coach Shapore, who mm-hmm. I believe was on before. Yeah. So, you know, I work with him. I work with Coach. You yeah. know, I, I already knew kind of Coach Blake. So, the thing that we have that most programs, I ain't going to say most, like, we all, like, rock with each other. So, it's one beat, one sound. It's a unity thing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the players can see the togetherness across the board. It's no question anything. Behind the back, we know every everything and what plays to do and all that. So it's been awesome working with people you know. How important is that to a uh, successful to have a successful program? Mm. I, I I think it's it's one. I think chemistry, in my experience, what I learned last year, um, we didn't have the most talented team, you know, in the OVC, but what we had was chemistry, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's why we 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 won. I think. 14 games in the OVC mm-hmm. uh, or 12 this year, maybe like 14, mm-hmm. but the chemistry is what did it because everyone rocked with each other, believed in one another and we did it together. Now with the coaching staff, I know coaches who, you know, try to snake somebody behind the back, want their player to be recruited more than another one. Like the unity is like what I think allowed people to be successful and not the division because behind the scenes, like as assistant coach, Hey, do you want to sign a kid and see, the fruits of your labor, yes, but so do the other person. Mm-hmm. But who will tuck their ego and say, hey, your kid may be a little better? You know? Mm-hmm. That's how, yeah. how, many, how many programs do you think in – how many programs in the country do you think actually have that, like, real genuine chemistry and you, as far, with a coaching staff? Because I think we got it at Tennessee State. Nate, it sounds like y'all got it at Lee. I know y'all got it at EKU. What percentage of, of college basketball programs do you actually think have that real genuine chemistry and unity? I think, I think, in my honesty opinion, 
the lower you go, the more increase. The higher you go, the less the increase. Because the higher you go, it becomes a straight business. The coach is making $2 million. He's he going to protect his $2 million at all costs. Yeah. The relationship to the players aren't the same because it's a business completely at that standpoint, you know, compared to building relationships. So the assistant coaches is all about, hey, your job is this. You know, then everybody's just going their separate ways. It's just, you know, it's like – it's a highly paid punch the clock job. Yeah. That's what I'll say. So division, I think the higher you go, some staffs are fortunate. You see, uh, you look at the even the Louisville scandal when it's like, hey, a coach went from GA, whatever. Like, he don't know nobody, but he got players. So then he just gets a job. And he may not rock with you, but he just come in self-driven, mm-hmm. trying to do his own thing. It's like, bro, like, I mean, it's, it's a chemistry thing too, man. You know, mm-hmm. I know coaches that try to get snaked, you know, try to get their head coach fired so they can get the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you know in this business you guys are in it it's just crazy stories how people go about it and what they choose success is so with that being said how far do you want to go how how how, uh, how high up do you want to get i i want to have i i told coach hamilton i want to be a division one head coach that's my goal mm-hmm. and right now for me to get to my dreams i have to fulfill his some too yeah. but at some sure. time i got to make sure that there's a fine line where i'm not just completely working for him and i forget about me so my job right now is I need to make EKU program as successful as I can make it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to do. You know, trying to b- build his platform. If I build his, I'll be building mine at the same time. Mm-hmm. 100%, 100%. I heard uh, one coach, t- you, uh, punchline he used to a uh, coach he was interviewing to, you know, to work with. Uh, he, he said, you know, my goal was to uh, make you a millionaire. And that, you know, I think that's a pretty, basically yeah. what you're saying too. You know, you got, I got to fulfill your dreams. I'm, I'm going to make you a millionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do that, you know, then I think it all be working out. Yeah, yeah, it'll work out pretty good. Coach, you want to do some rapid fire questions with us real quick? Let's do it. All right, hang on. I uh, actually, it. I say that and I'm not even ready. <laughs> Come on, Ace. Maybe we're ready. We got to meet in pregame in pre-production. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, let's see real quick. All right, we're ready. We're ready. All right, okay. Rapid fire questions, coach. Here we go. Uh, ever been kicked out of a game? No, no, not as a player, neither. Not as a player. I mean, I told you I was a good kid, man. I was a good kid. <laughs> no technicals. I think yeah, I had technicals. Yeah, some technicals. All right, all right, all right okay. Um, foul up three. Foul up three with. Thank God. This question's always been a little this tough question to ask, is so. This question is tricky. This question is tricky. Foul up three or let it play out at the end of the game? I, I, my philosophy coming from the Underwood as a player who's the defensive coach is I guard. Yeah. I guard. Okay. Uh, leave your best player in with two fouls in the first half. It got to be two, and it depends on the, the, time, the time and score of that game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, go for the tie, go for the win. Home or away? Home. Go for the win. Okay. Suits or sweats on really? the Really? So, wait, hold up. So, away, you're going for the tie? Because I, I, I believe that we can steal some momentum. Okay. You can crush the crowd. But will the crowd come back? Yeah. At home, our baskets, our energy, I believe in a six man. Okay. But right now in COVID, there's no six man. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, suits or sweats on the sidelines? I prefer sweats. If, if yeah, you know, I wish they passed that rule. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> is it a rule that we ha- that you have to wear uh, suits? Or? Yeah, like back in the day, coaches were getting fined. You know, yeah, okay. Yeah. So like the OVC this year accepted that we didn't have to wear a 
certain attire. Um, yeah, I yeah, consider yeah. going back just because it's a business. Yeah, I would like for that to us uh, to stay like that. Uh, early morning practice or evening or night practice? Evening practice. If you could not coach basketball, be in the world of sports, what would you do? Uh, I would be a pharmaceutical salesman. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Sounds like you've thought about this. Yeah. yeah. In this profession, man, you can clip at any time. You know, yeah. and I can't. And again, my my coach can go out tonight, can go uh, do something crazy. He's fired because they fire him. I'm fired. So I got to figure it out. I got to make sure me and my wife are good. So, you know. Yeah. Great point. There you go. Uh, okay. I, I know. I know you don't play a lot of golf, but we talked earlier this year. You said you were trying. Have you played your first round of golf yet? I haven't played. We're in a process. I'm getting a driver from Coach Lepore, and I'm trying to order my order some clubs. There I we go. Who said? I'm going to do it, and then we'll definitely get together. Oh yeah. Um, Coach Hamilton's going to play as well. He's more concerned with his uh, shoes, his bag, and his attire. That's it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> got to look good. Oh um, man, that's gonna be a, that'll be a fun uh, round of golf right there. Yeah. Um, uh, should every team make the conference tourney? Who's the who's the best player ever from the city of Detroit? I ain't rapid fire, man. That's hard. All right, you know, I got I got one that that uh Brandon Jenkins went to Louisville. Uh-huh. He was a triple double guy in high school. He didn't have the college career. Do I think he went to the best situation? Probably no. So uh-huh. I think that's ahead of some people time. I think he was I think he was phenomenal. Didn't make his NBA, six four point guard. What year yeah. was he? I, don't, I if I graduated high school in two thousand five, and he probably graduated in like oh two something like that. But I mean, he was a he was a big time. Like if he played in this day's and age as a six four point guard getting triple doubles, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean it was, it was something to watch. He was incredibly athletic. Obviously, he went to high, you know went to Louisville, but yeah. I'm not sure if it was the best situation. And I'm not sure his timing of his talent was for that time period. Okay. Okay. Stories like stories like that are, 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 I don't know if they're like set. They're not. And I love hearing stories about, you know, there's always some dude from the city who was, you know, he could have, he could have been or something. Those could have been stories, I guess is what I'm looking for. I love those. Yeah. Stories. yeah. I mean like Isaiah Wilson right now from, <laughs> yeah. is that his name? Yeah. For um, dude that just got yeah booted from the Titans and dolphins or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. He's got to make some changes. All right. Last one, LeBron or Jordan. Who? LeBron, LeBron or Jordan. Well, Sorry, I got to go with MJ. Uh, I got to get one LeBron on here. <laughs> MJ, I, I, I'm not mad at all. I'm not yeah. mad at all. Uh, man, Coach, uh, Coach Allen, I appreciate it. Um, where can the people find you on Twitter or Instagram? I'm, I'm on both. I don't know my handles like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm bad at it. But I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, got the tag Eastern Kentucky Men's Basketball. Um, I'm more active on Instagram, but... I'll look it up. I'll look it up for you, and I'll, I'll put it in. I'll, I'll put it in. Uh, you can find myself on Instagram at the Ace of Spades. You can find Nathan on Instagram at Nate Five underscore Mor- Nate Five underscore Moran, and on Twitter as well. Same thing. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Mind of a Coach One, and you can find us also on Instagram at Mind of a Coach. Coach Allen, I appreciate you, man. It was good to talk to you. Appreciate you both, man. Appreciate you for having me. Yeah, man. Best of luck to y'all. Yeah.